Welcome to After Dusk with Don Piercy, where we're not afraid to talk about things that go bump in the night. With special guest co-host and so much more, we're bringing you the facts versus fiction and the history of it all. Remember, it's always darkest before dawn. Tune in every Wednesday at 10.30 and get your bite. <laughs> Welcome to a new web series, After Dusk with Dawn Piercy. I'm Dawn Piercy, your host with co-host, special guest co-host, Brian Dennis Hartford. And tonight, we are going to talk about vampires. Okay? Yes. yes that's right. I said vampires. You heard me right. Miss, legend, lore, facts versus fiction. What's real? What's not? The ancient history and where it really began before... Bram Stoker's Dracula. Brian, how are you tonight, and what have you brought for us? Good. I'm doing good tonight. Well, this is a favorite topic of mine also, and as we all know, the vampire goes way, way back before Bram Stoker's ever envisioned it. Um, in fact, it goes back even to the beginning of man when God made Adam and brought forth woman onto the world in the name of Lilith. And Lilith was the first wife to be the first wife of Adam. However, Lilith had a mind of her own and did not wish to submit to, to Adam. And there was a lot of chaos and misunderstanding. And as such, God banned her from the Garden of Eden out into the ethereal plains of the rest of the world, um, where later she would come back at night um, into early man from early mankind and steal away children and drink their blood. Um, and then, of course, as we know, the rest of the story of Adam and Eve. Right. Now, I know Lilith is referenced in the Bible, and she was originally uh, mentioned by the Jewish. Can you explain a little bit yes. about that? And then for our audience, I've put references there in the in the blog. Of yes. It. Well, Lilith, it seems, is a bit of a mystery. Um, she is referenced only a couple times in the Hebrew Bible uh, in Isaiah. I believe it was. 34-24 um, section there of the Hebrew Bible. Um, when the, really, the, I think the important thing about it is she's actually listed as one of the seven unclean animals um, under Jewish religion that you're not allowed to affiliate with, eat, or kind of handle this, that, and the other. Um, and then, of course, the modern Bible gives allusion to her, but it they, the, the church has really chosen to completely omit her out of out of the scheme and out of out of um, revelate you know out of out of the creation theory a portion of the Bible yes so she seems to be this mysterious figure that's been <laughs> cut dry by God so she might be a little pissed off wandering around <laughs> the world <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely now. I want to talk a little bit about some of the forgotten vampires, very creepy historical vampires you may have never heard of. Uh, when people think of vampires, you know, they usually think of the famous fictitious vampires, you know, um, True Blood, uh, Twilight. Okay, they sparkle. <laughs> the Lost Boys, what have you. But on these ones, it takes a little bit different turn. 
at number 10, we have Peter Plagojewicz. Now, he was from the 1700 Serbia who died, which don't we all, uh, except according to some, he didn't really stay dead. Uh, within 10 weeks of his death, nine people were found dead, and they claimed to have been having dreams of Peter right before they died. Now, when they found him, okay, um, the army was called in and Peter's body was exhumed and as reported, he was actually bleed or breathing and he opened his eyes and they were moving. Uh, a stake was put through his heart and it was kind of like the results of a, a Quentin Tarantino movie, okay, where just he exploded and then his body was burned and... um all the dreams that people were having abruptly ended after that. At number nine, one of my favorite, because it's my family's castle, the Alnick Castle Vampire. And that was actually predates the term vampire. And the events were recorded by an English chronicle chronicler named William of Newburgh, where he reported the story of a man who returned from the dead after he died spying on his cheating wife and he actually fell off the roof. Um, that's quite a fall. So eventually a priest gathered, you know, some parishioners and found the vampire's grave. They opened it and stabbed the corpse with a shovel and warm blood actually ran from the body and it confirmed the you know the suspicions that he actually had been drinking the blood of the townsmen and um of course they uh it you know and that was almost 800 years before Bram Stoker's Dracula but they burned the bodies and the body and the attack ceased at number 8 we have the Highgate vampire in 1969 dead animals completely drained of their blood had been you know found and they were supporting the neck wounds too and then witness reported a tall, dark figure that emit, they said they emitted an evil aura. Not all people can see auras, of course, but he had a very hypnotic stare. Um, one man reported that he became confused and totally lost when trying to leave the cemetery. And suddenly he found himself facing the Highgate vampire, uh, which transfixed him, gluing him on the spot. And after a while, it disappeared, so to say. But the reports in the press lead to the graveyard being trampled by an army of self-proclaimed vampire hunters. They dug up several <laughs> graves, leading to conversationalists to lobby for the graveyard to be closed at nights. And eventually the sightings decreased. That one, I don't know if I believe very much. Uh, no body, nothing to stab. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Well, I think that I actually have all the ones that might be one of the more believable ones because really? I think there would be no body, right? If this is a real vampire, if you're dealing with a very, of a real sentient being and an entity of some sort, he escaped. It got away. It it moved on. What it, wherever it goes, whatever it does, right? Mm -hmm. So there would be no body. And yes, that's one of the things. They never identified a grave that they thought that this Highgate vampire had maybe emanated from. They were, that was undetermined. So this 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 being kind of showed up out of nowhere, and I suspect maybe it might have been a resident of one of the crypts there that they mm -hmm. kind of investigate i wonder but if it's still alive with, 
this is where, well, we get into this at some point here about the real biological plausibility of the vampires at some point. But yes, no, I think of all the ones that's, that one in particular is interesting to me because I think there was, there's, I think the mystery of the vampire is that there's always so little about, there's some events mm-hmm. and there's just little about that event to me kind of screens there's something there versus when you have an event, like when you know, when you've had like certain murders that have been, you know, that they know is acts of, of human vampirism. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, facts, there's things there. And then when you have these, these little, little stories that there's nothing, that's when I think that you could be dealing with something real, because in the end, this is a being that's highly evolved into avoiding contact with humanity and into blending itself into the rest of humanity. And if you think about it for a moment, even if he was only a thousand years old, he's at a, this per, this being is at a thousand years to kind of create an alternate identity and blend and hide and, and, and live a life that's just in the shadows, you know, wow. you know, it just, you wouldn't, they're there. They might live next door, but you would never know because I think real, the real vampires out there, and I am a true believer. I think you don't know who they are, right? And versus some that may say that they are. They could be as part of like kind of a joke on humanity. But I think that a real biological entity vampire would never. You would just never know, and they would just come out of nowhere and you know right when it's their time to feed or whatever it is that they're doing in their life wow at number seven (laughs) yes that's an interesting it is absolutely at number seven we have sava savonovic i think i said that right okay it's the only thing scarier than vampires is ghost right well but imagine yes. something scarier still, a ghost vampire. Uh, okay, I've never heard of a ghost vampire before. Uh, but Sava was a Serbian vampire who lived in an old mill and fell <coughs> fed on unwary travelers and millers who approached the mill after dark. Um, Savanovic wasn't killed or driven off like most other bloodsuckers on this list. Uh, according to locals, he simply stopped attacking villagers. And meanwhile, while at the mill where he lived, um, was passed down a generation after generation, each new owner was too scared to repair the building until it eventually collapsed. Now locals report that he's awoken from his long slumber and roams the Serbian countryside looking for a new home. And uh, this is like now. And it's not just superstitious locals making these claims. The actual council themselves are the ones who put out the warning. So that's kind of really freaky right there. And, of course, it's probably a publicity stunt by the area's tourist board, we hope. But, you know, you really just never know. And number six on the list is the Vampire of Crogland Grange. Now, this event began in the 1800s when Cranwell, when the Cranwell family took up residence in Grogland Range in Cumbria. Lady Cranwell noticed strange lights in the garden below, but thought nothing of it until she woke to find the lights at her window. 
that's a little freaky, but they weren't lights. They were eyes. Hmm. Ooh. Now Lady Cranwell was frozen in terror as she saw the thing outside her window, removed the panes one by one. Oh my gosh. Before reaching a rotten hand through the opening of the latch. Ew. I don't like where this is going. Uh, her <laughs> brothers heard her screaming and ran in to help her. Uh, arriving just in time to see her bleeding profusely from the neck as a cat-like figure darted out into the darkness. What? The brothers decided to slay the vampire. Sometime later, they returned to the estate and set a trap. And Lady Cranwell pretended to sleep in the same room as the original attack happened. And when the vampire tried to come through the window again, the brothers jumped out with pistols and shot at it. And it screamed and ran off into the night. And the next day, they gathered an angry mob and searched the graveyard until they found an open crypt. Inside were gnawed bones and an open coffin containing a rotten corpse with a bullet wound. Needless to say, they burned it. Wow. What do you think of that, Brian, before we go to number five on that list? See, and I would say that that is more of a story than it is an actual account. And kind of going back to the previous vampire, there again, that might have elements of truth because the feeding stopped. Mm-hmm. And it may have, it, the, this, this entity or this being moved on to better grounds, right? Because predatory instinct would dictate that you don't want to take, especially a intelligent being working in a feeding in a modern population. This being is very well aware of what forensics can do very well. The news very well of the the amount of exposure that it could give itself. If it continued attacking or preying upon one area. So it took a few and moved on. And then the other thing that I might say about that one is, and when you're talking about it, people claim it to be the ghost. But think about it as a predator. Thanks for tuning in to After Dusk with Dawn Piercy. Tune in next Wednesday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time to get your bite on. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, share, subscribe. And if you feel fit to buy me a cup of coffee once a month, you can do so at our Anchor.fm platform under a new podcast. Until next time, keep it real.